Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 89. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at vjourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at networknerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I just had coffee, and I'm completely juiced for part two of this interview. So here we go. We're both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. Hey, as you mentioned, we are in part two of our two-parter with Yadine Porter de Leon. Um, and if you haven't listened to episode 88, which is part one, uh, I highly encourage you to do that. He took us on a trip, gave us his background, gave us a lot of context about the, you know, where he came from and, and why, you know, he has some of the opinions that he has. And then he kind of called us all out, right, about... Um, if you want to make a change in your career, like what you need to do and the, the philosophical basis of doing it and urging us to actually do it, right? So if you need that fire lit, um, go listen to episode 88. It was, it was a really great episode. Yeah, it definitely was. And the greatness continues here. You know, sometimes we have a certain trajectory that we want the guest to get on when we think about the episode. This one actually went on a different trajectory that was probably even better than what we imagined. If you need to change your career trajectory, Yadin outlines a couple of things that you can do that are practical. It's hard work, but if you're committed to do it, you can make a change. And you're going to have to start with the man in the mirror, or woman in the mirror. So, let's... Here, part two of the Dean Porter Daily on Totally. Don't get me started on the whole like consciousness and consciousness because I'll get super deep and spiritual on you, even though this is an IT podcast. There you go. <laughs> well, well, it's well, a career podcast. So, it is. <laughs> and we'll have you back to talk about that. But now, so, you know, hopefully we've lit a fire under people who maybe haven't thought about a change or, or needed that fire lit to, to, to make a change. And then you've talked about how you got started, right? Listening, um, reading, and then we've talked about the next step, which is participating. So maybe, you know, at this point you can talk a little bit about like some of those lessons that you learned along the way that actually, you know, helped you progress. Um, uh, you know, uh, maybe thinking about that next higher level up, you know, how to talk to a manager, how to talk to a director, how to talk to a C-level executive, you know, maybe think about how they're thinking that, that got you along this path to, to where you are now. Yeah. Okay. There's, this is, this, it's, there's lots of tips and tricks and everyone loves to have that blog post, five things to do to boost your career in order to take it to the next level. That's like a title. You'll see like a billion You have times. to have a number in your title. Yeah. It's yeah. Five things or 10 things. And then so funny because like you'll get into this weird sort of mired, well, you get deep into is the marketing world. Is that an MBO world. for you? Just tell it me is. the truth. 
No, it's not. My MBO, actually, no, it's so funny because I have, my MBO is engagement. So I, I don't actually have any like OKRs or MBOs that are really tied to any particular numbers. I just, I engage with people. Basically, my job is, which is very fairly unique, which is why I kind of like, I, I have this weird background of film school and MBA and information technologies and coding, but sales and all this other stuff. So because I, I liked all these things, then I was I was betting on the fact that, okay, well, there's going to be a, a role that, you know, fits all this stuff. And lo and behold, you know, uh, it, it showed itself. Um, but the the tips and tricks, you know, um, that are out there, and it's funny, like like I was saying, there's like, there's a whole blog post on how to write good titles for blog posts. Like, hey, if you find a blog post that performs really well on Google, and it says 10 tricks for like yada yada, just write a blog post called 11 tricks for yada yada, and it'll do even better. I kid you not. This is how the marketing world, and this is why I keep showing up every day to marketing saying, nope, we're not going to do that. We're actually going to do stuff that makes sense. That helps people. Crazy idea. So when it comes to like career progression, there's not a lot of tips and tricks that are really going to help you move the needle. Like you'll go to a conference, you'll listen to a podcast, and you'll like you'll be writing fiercely notes. Oh wow, okay, I got to do this on my resume, or I have to adjust this on my LinkedIn page, or when I talk to people, I have to like make eye contact. Or there's all that stuff is is good. There's lots of goodness in those, but that's a rigor. That's a skill set, and those are like you know discrete skills. But if you really want to take sort of a transformational approach, to like I want to change actually the trajectory of my career you have to actually take a step back and start to say look you know am i happy with this direction that i'm going do i want to do something different if i don't if i want to make incremental changes like i want to make a shift to another company and i want to feel comfortable and one of the things one's really important too and people talk about that a lot like oh you have to step forward you have to raise your hand you have to do different projects some people and a lot of people want to just be like a database admin and they're really good at it. They're great at it and people love them for it and they want to keep doing it, but they want to have more time for their family. So then if that's what you want, decide that's what you want and then do it. Go find a company where you're a DBA and you're so good at it that you can show up, not have to kill yourself on the job and have time to go to your kid's soccer game, be there for your spouse, take the do, get exercise when you need it, eat right, do that and don't feel like just because you know you listen to a career podcast like you have to be like the president and CEO of AWS someday. That's not what you have to do. You have to actually decide what am I actually going to how am I gonna have a life? You know, do I wanna have a cardiac arrest at you know age 49, you know, and not make it to 50? Do I is that is that what I want? Because you can there's someone else who who can do that same job and not have a heart attack because that's they're they're intrinsically happy doing that work. You don't have to be a manager. If you don't like managing people, don't manage people. Just because it's you think it's that next step, it's not for everybody. Every so many people hate their jobs because their manager took a management job when they didn't know anything or want to be a manager. <laughs> I kid you not. That's how so many people don't like their job because I am my manager. They don't know anything of people. Nobody ever trained them to be a manager. They only took the job because they thought it was the next step in their career. When they didn't, they didn't actually make the conscious choice of actually saying this is what I actually want to do next. And so, and sometimes my, I, you, you can, you can follow other people and say, hey, well, they did this and that and that. So therefore, I'm going to do this and that and that. But buyer beware if you swallow something whole. That's why I take a philosophical approach and don't say, hey, this is what I did in my career. I did that. I was a filmmaker and then I switched over to regional manager. And then I, I've never had the same job title twice, which is not what everyone wants to do. And that's not what everyone should do. It's not for everybody. 
Um, but what I do advocate for people is, is do make a declarative choice of the type of life and, and work that you want to, because everything is life balance. There's no work life. Everything is life. Your job is life. Your kids are life. Your spouse is life. Your exercise, it's all life balance. So don't separate those two. It's not a seesaw. I read a whole blog post about this, about life work balance is a total myth. Everything feeds your you know soul takes energy from you whether that's your kids or your, you know or fixing the sink all of that stuff you know is the same give and take so decide what you want that balance to be and of course everyone wants to say oh i only want to work two hours a week and i want the rest of the time to basically do whatever i want yes okay everyone wants to be well, not everyone but a lot of people want to be retired okay so you have to balance that with a little bit of reality all right i need to be able to have i need to pay my mortgage i need to be able to buy food i want to go on vacation all right that's those are I want. But then I also I don't want a boss that screams at me that demoralizes me. OK, it's kind of a low bar. I'd set the bar a little bit higher, but you have to be really declarative about that. And so when you talk about, you know, I, I want to dispel a lot of myths when you say, hey, Yadin, like tell me about, you know, your career progression. How do you level up? I want to be really, really clear is that every time that I approached every new job, it was because I looked at it saying, you know, is is this a new path, you know, that. I feel like I'm going to grow with and I feel like it's going to take me in the direction that I want to go. Or is it just going to be something that I really love to do right now? Because I don't know what's next. Like right now, I'm in this role. I'm, 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 I have this weird title. My, my title is Global, I mean, if I can even remember what my title is, just, you know, um, Global Executive Content Strategist. Does that, does that mean anything to anybody? <laughs> it's, 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 but then when I talk to the person who's hiring, I'm like, this is super cool. I'm going to talk to, to, to technology leaders. I'm going to talk about like, you know, I'm going to create content with them. I'm going to help them. Like I literally have like CIOs that hit me up on, on LinkedIn and say, hey, look, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me? Which is just blow. I'm like, and the first time that happened, I'm like, oh, how do I help a CIO get a job? This is an interesting problem. But, you know, if you're if you're afraid of trying something new every time and it's going to totally freak you out and stress you out and your kids will never see you or they're going to see stressed out mom or dad, don't do that. You don't have to be transformative every single day. What you do is you have to feed the lifestyle that you want. So decide what that is. If you like surfing, then focus on surfing and get the job that pays your bills and allows you to surf and you'll be happier for it. I mean, you still have to retire at some point, I suppose. I don't know, maybe that's up to you. You can figure that part out. Excel is really good at, at spreadsheeting. So if you want to you know, run the numbers, you know, go for it. So that's, I mean, my advice really for people is don't, Chase, don't chase pay and title. Don't take prescriptive advice from people who say you have to, you know, get an MBA and then you have to get all these certifications, then you have to do this. Really decide what kind of lifestyle you want first. And, you know, and then think about it. all the way through retirement. There's pre-retirement where you might work a little bit and then you might not work at all. And think about that and then decide, you know, what, and then be then make peace with it and say, you know what? I am not going to be rich. And that's cool. I'm not going to live in X house. That's cool. I'm not going to have X car. That's totally fine with me because you know what? I'm going to have the things in place that, I'm, that I've got. So I know getting a little touchy feely here, a little bit, but you really have to, if you don't do that work and anyone from like, you know, Cat Troyer to a lot of other people out there who are really hardcore career coaches that do that nothing, nothing but that for a living, they will tell you that first. They'll say the hard work, the hard, hard work of understanding what to do for your next career is understanding what you want. It sounds easy, it sounds commonsensical, but it's not. It is hard to understand what you want and how you wanna live your life and what's gonna be best for you and your family. So do that work first, because it is hard. Make those decisions first, because they're hard. Then once you do that, other things will come a lot easier. Anyways, I'm yeah. and rant. I wanna interrupt for just a second. 
I think that a lot of people out there may not realize that they really get to have that kind of say. I know it sounds silly, mm -hmm. but it's real. They, they don't realize that they have that choice. The Matrix, the problem is choice, right? <laughs> so that's right. I I the like that analogy. Choice. Wait, I can talk like Neo. The problem is choice. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Pretty good, Whoa. Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> but I, they're making I, a new one, by the way. There's another Matrix coming. Nice. With Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. Sweet. Well, one of the issues is we don't take the time to reflect on what is now and what we wish it was and mapping the path between. And I, I man, I just feel like before here in the last few years, I didn't actually realize that there were so many different opportunities in the technology space available. And I imagine a lot of others are in the same boat. Just like you said earlier, John, if you don't know what's out there and available, how do you know that you could pursue it? And to Yadin's point, if you haven't done that evaluation of what you want out of a job, career, or life, you can't mesh those two together and find out where the, the intersection is. Yeah, you're just bumping around in the dark, just throwing resumes out in LinkedIn, which sometimes, I mean, people, because like you said, like, their the frustration is that they don't feel like, people feel like they're beggars more than choosers in a lot of circumstances. Um, recruiters are not evil. They are your friends and you don't have to pay them anything. Um, so make, make them your friends. If, and if you want a great recruiter, I, I have two um, that I trust more than anyone else in the industry. Reach out to me, you know, go on at Portadilla on Twitter. Um, DM me, I will give you their, their contact information. Recruiters are amazing and they will walk you through that process as well. Um, but the other piece too, to, you know, to your question, which is about sort of the career advice and kind of how to get to the next level, you have to, and people talk about networking, and networking is is definitely key. Um, the one thing you can do though is to scale that out is really proof of work. And that is the number one now pillar of a lot of the way in which people can come to you and you not have to go to them or to, to short circuit a lot of conversations. A lot of interview conversations are like, well, I, I need to get to know to see if you're proficient. If you have proof of work in, and it's out there, then, then you can short circuit that conversation. So I have a saying that I like to use that I made up with, you know, with um, Ken Hoy. Ken Hoy and I kind of meshed two of our sayings into one at one user, VMUG UserCon. We came together with this one saying that says, if only three people in the world know how good you are, then those three people control your career, your destiny, period, bar none. You need more than those three people to know how good you are. And it was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, how do I do that? That's where blogging comes in. That's where podcasting comes in. That's where networking comes in because you need, and whatever way you want to do it, whatever, however is comfortable for you, just choose a channel, but you have to figure out a way how to have more than those three people know how good you are. Otherwise, they will literally control your destiny because no one will be able to say, oh yeah, Bob, oh yeah, Susie, they're really great at that. Oh my God, they're an amazing Oracle you know, DBA. They can do ninja skills with yada yada or they can take stuff from on-prem to the cloud and back again, and they're just um, you know wonderful, amazing platform architects. And, but if only three of those people know, then those three people, they're really busy, and they're worrying about their own careers, not yours. They have little teeny tiny bits of bandwidth, and they're they're gonna take that bandwidth and give it to their family and give it to their careers. And they're, they're only gonna give it maybe a teeny teeny binding bit of, to you because maybe they're your manager and they feel like they're obligated to. You have to take all of what you know and say and all your talent and you have to put it out there into the world so that everyone knows. And if you're a coder, it's you know, it's on it's 
you know, GitHub projects and its commits and it's all that stuff. If you're something like, you know, a DBA or a sysadmin, it's blog posting and showing other people how to do stuff. Hey, I did this really hard, I solved this really hard problem and here's how I did it. And let me blog post. Even don't worry about how many Twitter followers you have or blog post, you know, viewers you have or subscribers or, or podcast subscribers you have. It doesn't matter. What matters is if you want one company to hire you, all that matters is that one person reads your blog. And you can serve it up to them in the interview process. Literally, when I you know, interviewed for VMware, I wrote a blog post just for the VP that was interviewing me. I wrote it just for her saying, hey, look, you know, that's a really interesting thing. Let me write a blog post. And I wrote it, sent her the link. And she, she was blown away and super stoked because A, I wrote a blog post about our conversation and B, it was immediate proof of work based on something very specific that was important to her and relevant to the conversation. So, you know, you can do things like that. And if, 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 if you're afraid of, not, of typos or people looking at your work and saying, you know, it's not, it's like, no, that's, that's a horrible way to do it. I would never do that. Like people, every time people know that I have a Yeti microphone, um, you know, I get all sorts of hate mail on Twitter, like Yeti, you, you should be re- like have a real microphone. Just go out there and just, you know, get o- you have to get over that fear of exposing what you can do, who you are and what your talent is. You have to get over that. Because the only way that you're going to progress in your career is if more than two, one or two or three people know how good you are. So that's it. That's number one. If you take anything away from this conversation, take that. Someone besides those peep, those three people have to know how good you are or else you're going to struggle to get out of that box or silo or that department where, you know, where you hate the dude who clicks his teeth next to you and smells funny because he microwaves his fish for lunch. He doesn't shower every day. Yes, Exactly. You're not going to get out of that until you start letting more people know. And if, even like interview processes or even even if you, you don't get the job interview, now more people know how good you are, you know, and and I kid you not, there's been lots of situations with people like, oh, yeah, I was in that interview with you and that one time and and they were able to vouch you because they moved to another company that you were interviewing with. It's just it's a small town, even if you're in, you know, in Columbus, Ohio, which wonderful cost of living there. It's awesome. OK, <laughs> for a tech company. Doesn't matter where you are, you you don't have to be in Silicon Valley, especially now. Everyone's remote, and and just get yourself out there um, in any way that makes you comfortable. But start doing something, or else you can't. You have to stop complaining. That's it. That's the start. Stop every time on Tech Village podcast, which is my podcast. Never another shameless plug there. You know, visit this Tech Village podcast. Um, Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> um, is um, is we ended always. What should you stop and what should you start? And it's funny because I never ask myself that question. I always wonder, like, when you start and stop. Stop, you know, making excuses and stop complaining because you're not doing anything, you know. And if you want to complain, then don't complain about the fact that you're complaining, okay? Just, you know, say that, hey, I'm a complainer. Just own it. I'm, I'm a complainer. I'm, I'm, I'm a curmudgeon. And this is what I like doing and I'm not going to change. Okay, then be that. But don't ever complain about the fact that you never got to be other, something other than that. And then start putting yourself out there. So stop complaining, you know, and start actually putting yourself out there. Um, and it does mean being vulnerable. It does mean other people being able to critique your work, but that's only going to make you better. It really so will. That's, it's really interesting. Can let's chase that because you said two things that seemingly conflict, right? Put yourself out there in a way that you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. but putting yourself out there makes us, makes you vulnerable, which is yeah. not comfortable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, everyone's, everyone's like, it, it just, comfortable with a certain level of vulnerability like you know when you go outside your door you immediately trust that the person who's walking down the street next to you is not going to kill you you're like you're like okay 
I have to at least trust that there's a good chance they're not going to do it. So you like, you have to be able to come out with a, a reasonable level of comfort, even though you know there's going to be a you know some sort of criticism potentially. But you have to find out what's your what's what's that acceptable risk for you. You know, just like you know, hey, dude, am I going to go to a baseball game? Uh, am I going to go to the grocery store? What's my acceptable level of risk so I don't catch COVID and die? You know, you have to do the same thing for putting yourself out there. What's my acceptable level of risk? And you'll have to find it. If you're saying no level of risk is acceptable, well, then you have to accept the fact that you don't want to go any further than you are. And then if you can do that, then maybe that actually makes you happy. Maybe that makes you absolutely ecstatic. And now your head is totally full of all that tension you had. And you're like, you know what? I'm actually okay. That's actually that's actually fine. And then you can go off and stop spinning your wheels and all these other things and just go to your kid's baseball game and be happy You know that you have time to make your family dinner. Be that. But you have to decide. You have to decide. Make a decision. Make a choice. And be declarative about it. So that touches on something that we've said before a couple times on this podcast, which is... Um, you know, probably growth and progression requires a little bit of discomfort, right? If you're 100% comfortable, yeah. you're probably not growing, right? That is correct. If you're in a growth mindset, which, you know, means that you have potential to do something that you're not doing now, means that you're going to be in a situation where you don't know the answer to everything. And everyone always feels like, oh, I have to know the answer to everything. Someone asked me, like, well, what's the IOPS for this particular blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude. You, you have to be able to, you know, you know, if you're growing, you have to be able to say, you know what, I don't know that answer to that question, but I am, you know, able to position myself in a way that, you know, shows you or gives you confidence that so you can walk in another room and say, hey, look at, you know, John's got it or Nick's got it. I'm cool. You know, you know, they don't know every answer, but dude, they're, they're on fire and they will find the answer, you know. So, yes, if you're growing, you do have to find yourself, you will find yourself in situations that are not, you're outside your immediate comfort zone, or you just feel like you, things that make you a little bit nervous or push, you know, your, your comfort level. Um, you don't have to be totally uncomfortable. Like, you know, I was, my, one, of my, one of my favorite stories is that I'm like, VMware is one of my customers and I'm standing there in a room where they're saying, hey, we just acquired AirWatch and we need you to migrate all of those laptops into our VMware.com domain without blowing up the iMacs or the you know the MacBook Pros that everybody has. Can you guys do that? And in five minutes, I had to make sure, even though we didn't have the answer, I had to make sure that they were confident that we could help them find the answer. And while nobody, and this was the first time I'm meeting them, that for some reason the salesperson, the SE left the room to go get coffee or something. And they just left me in the room with these incredibly smart people, these really, really smart people who knew, you know, um, you know who knew AD, you know, and, and, and just domains way better than I did. And in those five minutes, you know, I was, you know, extremely uncomfortable, but convinced them that yes, indeed, that my company was the one to help them take them on that journey. Um, and so you have to find yourself, you'll find yourself, whether it's, you know, in that or something less uncomfortable. And we did indeed help them solve the problem. It was great. Um, you have to find those moments where you take advantage of, yes, I'm, I'm going to put myself in a room where I'm going to be uncomfortable. Um, and there's a fear of once you put yourself in that room is, oh my God, if you don't do well, like if I didn't convince them in that five minutes that we could be the ones, you know, was there a risk that, you know, to, you know, my reputation, my career, of course there was. Um, but if you never put yourself in the situations, you're not going to move forward. But if you don't want to move forward, that's fine. Like you keep saying, decide that's what you want or that's what you not don't want, but you have to be really declarative and then you can't complain once you say, Hey, look at, I'm not growing. Hey, you decided not to grow. 
okay? You decided that was where you wanted to be so you could go to your kid's baseball game, you could coach the team the next year, and you could make dinner for your family every night because that's some that's magical. Every night I sing my two daughters a lullaby, even though one of them is 11. She still hasn't grown out of it. It's wonderful. I'm waiting for the day where she like rolls her eyes and closes her door when I try to sing this. And I'm there every night. You know, I'm there to make breakfast for them. I'm there to, you know, to take them out for walks. I'm there to make them dinner. And that's a lifestyle I'm going to choose. And I'm going to keep choosing it. And if I get, uh, if I get an offer from someone saying, you want to do this? And like, you know, companies have come to me, you'll be in Milan and you'll be in Qatar and all this other stuff. And this, you'll do all this really cool stuff. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I've turned those offers down because no, I, that's not what I want to do. Yeah, I can make a bunch more money, but that doesn't matter. Why did I have a family if I don't ever see them? So ask yourself yeah. questions like that. <laughs> Hey, Yadin, it sounds like the secret message you're trying to tell everyone is that they should all be marketers of themselves. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You know, when when I have a serious situation, it's because a tweet is broken. And so I'll be like, wait, hold on a second, family. I have, to have an emergency situation. A tweet is broken. Let me go fix the tweet. <laughs> and I go and I fix the tweet. And I come back. Um, when you're a brain surgeon, the stakes are a little bit higher. Or when you have root access to any particular system and you're doing a migration, you're doing an upgrade, you're doing anything like that, the stakes are a lot higher, especially if it's for a critical application or a critical platform. All of a sudden you're affecting 100 people, you're affecting 10,000 people, you're affecting 100,000 people. Um, my little kids do this, pro, this, this website called uh, OutSchool for remote learning. The OutSchool website went down. Hundreds of thousands of people were affected who had to go to class that day. Teachers didn't get paid. Children didn't learn. That's a high level responsibility. I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to that level of responsibility. <laughs> if something wrong happens, it means well, a CIO. You know. You know. Maybe we might have to reschedule a podcast recording. Um, but the output of that, once we do reschedule, is very high. So if you can find situations like that that balance those two out. So yes, Nick, um, I do choose very intentionally. Not to be a brain surgeon or to be responsible for you know uh, an application that affects a hundred thousand people when it goes down, that is my choice. Other people like doing that stuff. Um, that's that's not for me. But I do appreciate those people that do, and I talk to them and I, I thank them for being uh, out there doing that work. <laughs> well, I think what I'm saying is that your encouragement to listeners is that by putting their work out there and being a little bit vulnerable, they are marketing themselves for that yes. next career and yes. to their greater network, whether it's professional connection or maybe even a social connection. Yep. Um, people hear the word comms a lot, and it's not a dirty word because communications is really just telling people what you're doing. If you want to just send an email out to other people in your organization, say, hey, look, I solved this problem. If anyone just in my org, whether it's on a wiki internally or whether it's on a blog to the whole world, to let people know what you've done and in hopes that that'll help them as well, is a really powerful thing because it has a, it has sort of a, um, a virtuous cycle effect where it helps them and it helps you and then it helps them help you. And that continues a flywheel and continues to turn the ratchet. So the next time someone thinks of that particular thing, they'll think of you. The next time someone has a problem, maybe not be that one, they might think of you and they might go to you and you'll have either a mentor or an information exchange, or they might go to their manager and now all of a sudden some other department, some other team is now looking at you as a subject matter expert for something and you're on a call, you know, being the person who would solve that problem is now teaching others. And that is a very powerful thing. It gives you a lot of, you know, confidence 
Um, it gives you that skill of public speaking and presenting. It helps sharpen that saw, but it also helps others. And that's what I like to do every day is every day I, I wake up thinking about, you know, who can I help um, today? Um, and at the same time, you know, put food on, on my family's table and, and help, you know, my kids, you know, get what they need. And I feel like if I can marry those two, which I feel like I have and continue to do, uh, I feel like that's a win. It, that actually dovetails with something that you said earlier on, which is, you know, finding your passion. Maybe what your passion is, is doing exactly what it is that you're doing now. And you don't need to become a manager to, uh, mm -hmm. to for career progression, right? But maybe um, what you do need is a organization that recognizes a technical career path. And, and if you're in an organization that doesn't have that, as an individual contributor to progress, then what you need to do is find an organization that does, um, that Spot will, that will recognize what you're yep. talking about, right? To, to let you play a, a bigger role as an IC, to, to cross organizational boundaries, internal organizational boundaries, to, to maybe you know, join a center of excellence you know, as a DBA or, or, or something along those lines. Um, is that something that, that you've seen uh, before? I, I, this is one of my problems, that I have this insight that I'll just say, I don't have a question. <laughs> so yeah, that's not, you don't really have to have a question. It's kind of like a conversational starter, like a sourdough starter. You kind of feed the sourdough. You put like, you know, a cup of water and like a half a cup of flour in there. I don't, it's complicated. I don't want to feed sourdough. Okay. But conversational, you know, feeders are really great. And that's what that is. You don't have to have a question. And I can personally vouch for that approach of, hey, look at if you don't have a certain role that you need in a particular company, yes, you do indeed need to find you know um, something elsewhere. And as far as that individual contributor as well, because you can, can progress as an individual contributor if the organization lets you. And like you said, if that doesn't let you, well, then you have to find another organization. Don't just take a management role because you feel that's the only way to move forward. Unless, unless, of course, there's, there's a mortgage or kids or some other reason that really requires you to, but then be declarative knowing that you don't really want a management role. Um, and you're gonna do your best, you're gonna struggle through it, and it's only gonna be for a certain period of time, and you're gonna apologize to every single person who reports to you. And, and there's advice I can give you on that. But I personally, I have never been more satisfied and never done better work than I am doing right now, and not one person reports to me. I've had as many as 12 people reporting to me with 50 1099s in the field. That was the worst job I ever had. Let me tell you, I, I detested the work at the end. The beginning was actually kind of fun, but towards the end, it was the most toxic environment. Now, now that wasn't because I had 12 people reporting to me in 50 1099s. It was because of the organization, their leadership. So kind of different you know, story, but I can personally vouch for the fact that I now don't even have vendors or contractors reporting to me and I'm doing some of the best work and am enjoying the work more than I ever have. So you can be an IC, you can do the work, you can progress in your career, uh, you can make more money, and you can do all of that without being a functional manager. Because let me tell you, on top of everything you're doing, managing people, it's, it, is, it, is, it, is a, it is a spiritual calling, I would say. It is a profound, profound responsibility. Um, and just being the functional manager part, mechanically, isn't that hard. But the problem is that the people who report to you need more than a, a mechanical functional manager. And they need somebody who shows up someone who delivers for them, someone who's an advocate for them, someone who believes in them and helps them take the next step forward and gives them the confidence that they didn't even know they had in themselves. 
that is a very profound calling. And very few people are, are, are leaders, they're mechanical functional managers only because they've been put in that situation because they felt that was their next step or they were asked to and they accepted. Gideon, thanks so much. That was that was extremely profound. Uh, before we uh, uh, stop recording, can you tell us um, your social contacts, uh, where people can find you and follow you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm, of course, on the Twitters, at Porter DeLeon. That's P-O-R-T-E-R-D-E-L-E-O-N. Of course, you can also find Tech Level Up, which is a level up project that produces the V-Trail map. Find out all about it, but hashtag up, the hashtags V-Trail map. I uh, actually have um, a, um, a trademark on that, U.S. patent trademark. Give me a trademark for V-Trail Map. Very, very special. It's got a little gold star on it and everything. So Level Up Project is a place. The V-Trail Map is going to be a virtual experience this year. For those of you in and around VMworld of 2020, usually we hand out something physical. It's going to be a virtual thing this year. So go to the hashtag V-Trail Map on Twitter. Find out all about it. All the ambassadors and the champions are going to be jumping up and down about it. But that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, guys. Sounds awesome. like you need a technical career progression flow chart for that. Next time <laughs> there is. In like the V-Trail map, there that. actually is a certification um, technical progression flow chart. You'll find Sweet. that you know, in the V-Trail map. Awesome. <laughs> Hashtag shameless plug. <laughs> and subscribe to Tech Village, by the way. Yeah, subscribe. Follow Tech Village on Twitter. <laughs> That's and, check out. and one other thing too, actually, one of the things I'm, I'm pipping out to everybody, I am the host of the newly launched VMware um, CIO Exchange podcast. It's one that I'm extremely proud of. Um, you can find my latest um, episode with James Waters and Joe Beta of Kubernetes fame. We have a phenomenal conversation we do there. And, um, and that's probably the, the work that I'm most proud of now is, is those, those, those podcasts and trying to really raise the bar. Even, you know, during shelter in place, trying to raise that bar for, for those, those thought leadership conversations. So hope check that out if you got you know, CIO Exchange podcast on, on Apple Podcast or wherever you decide to get your podcast from. <laughs> Great radio voice, that guy. There, yes, I have a face for radio, people tell me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yadim Porter de Leon, thanks for joining us on the Nerd Journey podcast. All right, Nick, John, it was awesome. Thank you. Just a great conversation. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed listening to it again. And I see what you're saying about the concrete steps that Yadin was kind of giving us. I, I especially like the idea of proof of work, right? Just putting something out there so people can uh, see exactly what it is that you do and the quality of work that you do. Yeah, I really enjoyed his anecdote about the blog post he wrote for the VP that interviewed him that yes. got him the job. That was yes. a very nice touch. And the the idea that if only three people in the world know how good you are, then they control your destiny. I really like that. And I never thought about it quite in that way. But when you <laughs> when you make your impact radius that small, it's it's spot on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly true. And, you know, it just kind of harkens back to the, the idea of the artist, like artists have a portfolio, right, that they put out there. And as technical um, professionals, we don't necessarily have that portfolio of work, 
right? If you if you implement a giant ERP solution, not everybody can see the architecture and and the and the steps that you took to to get it from ideation to um, you know going live and bug free. So you know as a as a replacement, we need to do some other stuff, right? The portfolio. That's right. And maybe you never thought about yourself as an artist, but you are the artist. The canvas is what you make it. You have the brush, the paint, you're in control of what you create that's going to be your proof of work. You know, if you need ideas on how to get started in the blogosphere, go back to episode 61 and listen to what Amy Hervey had to say. Tips from a marketing professional there. And Yadine had some good ones too. A lot of the folks that have been on have talked about blogging as a way to get your stuff out there. One of the other things I really liked, and it was close to the very end, John, was about what good managers do, helping you find that confidence that you didn't know you had. And it just made me realize how many good managers I've had over the years. So it made me thankful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely had the same reaction when I was listening to that as well. Well, um, anything else before we get out of here? No, sir. Just a reminder that we'd like people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at Nerd Journey. All right, farewell listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at the Journeyman, for Nick Cordy, at Network Nerd underscore, signing off. Adios. Adios.